Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me, as always... Oh, it's your man, Gator. And I'm not going to lie, this episode has been coming for a little while. It has. And it does scare me. As well as myself. Yes. So, today... We're going to be potentially... We're taking eat- one for the team, possibly. We're, we're potentially eating our words. Yes, and um, I hope we do. I, you know, for the sake of fairness, I hope so. So, today, we are going to be smoking the Gurkha Ghost. Yes. And... We have spent the last year just crapping on this company. And, and we kind of figured it was one of those things that maybe it was unfair of us to consistently just lump all Gurkha cigars together... Because in, in, you know, in all whatever. honesty, we were basing everything on a stick called the Royal Challenge. And a couple of other, and we've had other Gurkhas before. I haven't. I've just had the Royal Challenge and that was okay. enough. I, I've had a couple, but in in all fairness, every all of my previous experiences with Gurkha have not gone very well. And so we kind of had written them off. Yes. And, and we've made a few jokes at their expense. But I've had listeners say, you know, hey, you ought to try, you know, I do like some Gurkhas. You ought to try this. You ought to try that. And so I did a little research. I found that one of their cigars, the Gurkha Ghost, is rated well. Yes. And so I figured, you know what? If we're going to go and we're going to give them an honest shot, we might as well find one that has decent ratings and is thought of well. Yep. So... Today we're going to be smoking the Gurkha Ghost. Um, this one is a... I don't know what the size of this thing is, actually. Um, it's kind of like a 5 by 60 maybe? Yeah, four, something four around by, that. I think it, it's not 4 it by might, 60. It's a 60. It's definitely a 60, so whatever. So it's some unknown size because, heaven forbid, I'm able to match that with Cigar Tracker. So anyway, but the, the wrapper is a Brazilian Maduro. The binder is Criollo, and the filler is mixed. Okay. So that's what we've got going on here. There you go. Um, I do want to point out that we are recording at uh, Top Shooters in Columbia, Illinois. and uh, It's a it's, gorgeous it's a Sunday. Beautiful day, and we're not alone on the patio, as you can probably hear. So it's a little busy, but that's it's okay. It's a little loud, a little busy, we're but we're going to power through. We're making it work. So we had somebody ask us a few minutes ago if we were doing something for national security with our headsets. <laughs> we told them yes. And here we are. <laughs> so it is now time to cut the cigar. And the official cutting of the cigar is brought to you by the Riverman Cigar Company in Crestwood, Missouri. Riverman offers a large variety of both traditional and boutique blends. And they have late hours because sometimes you cannot get out of the house until later. And you just want a place you can count on open late. So stop by and give them a try. And Riverman has an event on March 19th between 6 and 10 p.m. They're going to have the LaFleur Dominicana Regional Sales Manager, Jared Saunders, in the house for an event offering a large selection of over 25 LFD cigars to choose from. Oh, that's awesome. Dan is a great guy over at Riverman. And we want to thank Dan over at Riverman for sponsoring the cut. So with that, it is now time to go ahead and cut the cigar. Nick, I need to get mine out of the cellophane first. Uh, Really? Okay. Now, I will admit, the cigar does have... That sucker is in there. The cigar does have... Okay, I got it. Does have the little pigtail on the cap there. You want to do the twist? We could twist, but I, I, I... 
it's mine's packed down pretty tight. I don't know how okay. easy it's going to be to twist that off. Um, actually, it was surprisingly very easy to twist that off. There However, we go. it is a very small draw hole, so I am tempted to uh, give it a V cut, maybe. Yeah, I think you might be right there, because I'm I'm doing the uh, cold draw and I'm not pulling a lot. Yeah, so. I am going to go ahead and give it... But it was aesthetically pleasing. Give it a V-cut. It was nice to, you know, twist the little pigtail off. There you go, buddy. Yeah, I think I'm going to V-cut this as well. So now that we have a little larger draw hole here, I'll go ahead and try and give this a cold draw. And I'll even go so far, since this is the episode where we're trying things that we're not typically fans of, I'll even go so far as to try the cold retro. Oh, my. Just because. You Look know. at you. Yeah, all right. Oh, that opened the drop. It did open the drop. Mm -hmm. um, I'm getting something on the retro. I'm getting something on the cold draw. Um, but I'm trying to figure out exactly what it is. Maybe kind of an earthy flavor. I, I, I have a word in mind, but I, the problem is that if I say it, it's going to sound like I'm just shitting on the cigar right off the bat. And I don't want to do that. What is it? Musty. It kind of has a musty kind of... I can see that, but I don't think that's necessarily bad. No, but I, you know that that's kind of what... And in all fairness, I did buy this from a shop over in St. Louis, and I don't know how long they had it in their humidor. For all I know, this thing's like aged a couple of years for... I mean, I don't know. So, But that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, but I'm just saying that I don't know how long this is. So it could very well be kind of a, a musty. But it, it it's musty, but it's not unpleasant. It's just... That's the only word that's popping to mind that I can think of that okay. would describe. So I don't think that's I don't think that's I know, necessarily but, a negative. And maybe I'm being overly sensitive because I don't want people to think that I'm going into this with a negative attitude. No, I, we're not doing this to attack. Her no, account. I'm actually trying desperately to give a very fair shot here. So okay. Anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and light my cigar. Oh my god! You evidently got the, oh. I have the <laughs> no, lighter that they're, Jeff they're both has doing it. Look. What in the hell did you do to my I haven't touched lighter? your lighters, dude. Yeah, this one's throwing about a six-inch flame. It's awesome, though. I wish I, I, wish I could get a picture too. of this. This one is, too. It's like a freaking blowtorch going here. Oh, my God. This is did just... Did you get it? Yeah, I got it. This is <laughs> We got a picture of that we're going to throw up on the socials. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's just obnoxious. So yeah, be watching when you, when you see the post go up announcing this episode. Just scroll. I'll have two pictures attached to this one. And mm -hmm. One will be, you know, the announcement. You know, hey, new episode this week. But the other one will be the gigantic flame that the torch was kicking up. So, okay. So initial thoughts. All right. Initially, this thing is smoking great. You know, it's it's a loose draw. Um, not so loose that it's soft, but yeah. it, but at the same time, it is a loose draw. So it's well constructed. I, I mean, yeah, it's it's so far so good in terms of flavor notes. Kind of earthy, maybe a little little hint of maybe cocoa. Okay, do the retro. There's something there on the retro, right, some kind well, of spice. <laughs> Prepare to cough. <laughs> Oh, I think I whiffed the retro, but I I caught a little bit through the nostrils there. Um, boy, I don't know what that is. I don't either. God damn it, now i got to do it again. 
What is that? It's spicy. I don't yeah, know what, what is it is. That? I don't know. I don't know what that you're, is. You're going to kill me. What? You think you know what persimmons. it is? Persimmons. It is not persimmons. You're an idiot and Have a you liar. ever tasted a persimmon? You're an idiot and a liar. That's There's what it no way like. that's persimmons. No. That's what it tastes like. No, this is not a persimmon It's like cigar. a. It's like I'm a sorry. spicy dried fruit, persimmons. No, I don't get that, but... I You've will never say, had a persimmon. This you wouldn't thing know. Is you have kicking off a ton of smoke. You you have no basis for knowing whether or not it's a persimmon or not. I gotta get you a persimmon. You did eat some, didn't you? With I me? did eat that road fruit that you gave That's me right, that you time. Did. And no, it's not a persimmon. It tastes like persimmons. Anyway, well, all right. Initial thoughts are is not horrible. No, it's not. <laughs> Which I feel I feel good about. I do too. I I mean, we'll we'll you know we've got the whole episode to smoke this thing, but it's true. At least for right now. But it's a short little guy. It's it is a shorter cigar. I'm trying to. I, I'll be honest. I looked up the sizes of this thing, and I don't know what size. I think cigar it was a six by is. four and a half or a six by five. I'd say about a about a about a five by sixty. Yeah, give or take. But I don't know exactly what what size that equates out to for for that so well anyway so going into the the business of the episode um as you guys heard we do have a new sponsor for the cutting of the cigar now riverman cigar company is located in crestwood missouri here in the st louis area in the st louis area so it is a local store so what dan is kind of hoping is that you know as our listeners roll through the st louis area and they're looking for a place to try cigars he's hoping that that you guys will swing on by and give him a shot and as well if there's any local st louis listeners listening to this go on by and give him a shot dan has got a he's got a nice shop he really does. Um, he's got, you know, the he he could not be a nicer man, and he's got a good selection of cigars. He's, yep. I mean, he's, well, we I interviewed him, and we're going to get into that interview in a moment. But I think he's probably got like I think he said like seven hundred facings. I mean, he's got a ton of cigars available. Yeah. And it is a packed humidor. You know, he's where I go when I need my Aladino fix, my yep. my JRE tobacco Aladino fix. And, I mean, he's got all kinds of great stuff. He even has the Unicorn by Steve Saka. That oh, really? The $100 cigar. Oh, God. I know, right? Oh. So, you know, he's got some really good stuff. Has he got in my uh, Manuel Casada cigars yet? Not yet. The 1974. Okay, are they coming? It, he ordered them, and we talked about them, and he, he said he thought they should have been there by then. To, to but, my but knowledge, for that'll be reason, the... Only for, store in St. Louis that'll have them. Yeah, so for whatever reason, he has not gotten them yet, but he has ordered them for you. So awesome! At some point here soon, they should be rolling in. But no, Dan's an awesome guy. He he approached me about sponsoring the cut because a he's looking to promote his shop to um, pretty much anybody he can. But then also he really, believe it or not, listens to the show and enjoys our wackiness and stupidity, and thinks that that. We're we're doing good things for the cigar industry. I, it's very nice of him. I, I I mean, I I didn't I don't know how we snowed him that well, but anyway. <laughs> but the point remains. Um, well, I'm charming. I don't know about you. <laughs> the point remains. Dan wanted to be a part of the show, and so he insisted, and here we are. So. With that, how about we go ahead and jump into my interview with Dan Ponder? Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah. you know, everybody can kind of learn a little bit about the new sponsor of The Cut. So I'm joined by Dan Ponder of Riverman Cigar Company in uh, Crestwood, Missouri. How are you, Dan? 
Doing great, Nick. How about you? Doing great. So I wanted to sit and touch base with you a little bit. Um, we've talked about your shop a couple times on the show, and I just wanted to kind of circle up with you and just kind of get to know you a little bit. So how did you get into the cigar industry? Well, Nick, uh, I started smoking cigars probably 20, 25 years ago, and uh, I had walked in. I was living in Houston at the time as a consulting engineer, and I had walked into a shop and uh, was grabbing some cigars and for uh, an event. Maybe we were going to go play golf or whatever, and uh, sat in there. I grabbed some cigars, went in the humidor, checked out, and I saw some people sitting on the couch back in the lounge and kind of waved at them a little bit, and they kind of waved back at me, and, uh, and then off I went. I went out the door and then came back in a day or two later, and Lo and behold, I think the same guys were sitting on the couch, and <laughs> they kind of waved me over uh, in the back, and I went back into the uh, lounge and found myself a nice, comfortable chair, and I, I think I never left. So uh, that's kind of how I got uh, brought into it. I think when I first started smoking cigars, uh, I did it, I think, because my friends were doing it, and we were going to go, go play golf or whatever. But then uh, as I got kind of lured into the cigar culture, uh, I was able to talk to these wise men that were sitting around that were former um, kind of mini titans of uh, various different industries down there in Houston and asking them life questions and uh, kind of a, as an extension of a mentor outside of my company. So I really got sucked in and and, uh, and uh, really learned to appreciate the whole cigar culture. And then I think after that, I developed a uh, uh, an acquired taste and, uh, and a uh, for the cigar itself. Okay. So then... How did you get into being a sh- uh, retail shop owner then? Yeah, as far as being a retail, so I worked that's a pretty big jump for somebody to make from being a consumer to <coughs> to an actual retailer. Right, and you know I sat on the couch for twenty twenty five years, and of course we would uh, uh, sit there and talk with the guys, and we're constantly giving unsolicited feedback to the <laughs> owner about how he needs to spend his money on a nicer TV and a better this and a better that, and so I thought I really knew a lot about cigars and was uh, went on a customer trip probably 12 or 15 years ago or 10 or 12 of us went down to the Dominican Republic and I visited uh, the Davidoff uh, factory, the La Flor, and also Arturo Fuente. So each day we spent with uh, with uh, Wayne Suarez at the time from uh, Arturo Fuente and got to meet with uh, Don Carlos Fuente and Carlito Fuente for a nice dinner and gala in Dominican. And then we went with uh, Davidoff and we got to see Lito Gomez with LaFleur and we got to visit each one. So each one had a very different, unique uh, uh, aspects of it. But so then I got on a cigar trip. So I got to actually see how the cigars were made pretty early in my cigar smoking. And I realized like, wow, this is a big deal. Yeah. There's a lot of effort that goes into these cigars. So then when you came back, you were not as... uh, I guess critical of the pricing of the cigars because you're like, wow, this is, now I know kind of the backstory behind it. From seed to all the way to cello or seed to smoke or if you're a retailer, you might say seed to shelf. So uh, that was really something else. Got to go to a few, maybe three or four big smokes out in Las Vegas. Okay. So I got to do kind of the tour around. It's a bit like a trick or treat. Um, We were able to come up with what I thought was a clever idea at the time. Uh, 12, 15 years ago, where rather than you got a ticket and you went around to every booth, which took you about an hour and a half, you only had three hours in there to make the loop. We split it up. You know, you get five, I get five, this guy gets five, and we went around, and then you had more time to sit and talk to the, to the uh, drink rum or bourbon or, 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 or have a cigar or something like that. So we did that for three or four times. So that became my extension outside the shop. So I had more than just a shop view for it. Then as I traveled around the world and the country with my 
consulting job, uh, I think I worked in 15, 20 countries, I would then start trying to seek out a cigar shop. So I got to cigar shops and lounges in uh, London, Italy, Brazil, uh, Sao Paulo. I made it over to Singapore, uh, Mexico, and uh, Spain and places like that as I was traveling on business. After I got done with my work for the day, I'd either go out with the customer or I'd go out by myself and get to smoke some cigars and meet different people and get the lay of the land. And, and I really uh, enjoyed that. So, so that was my basis. And then uh, in around 2016, uh, we kind of had a bit of a reorganization in the company. I went into early retirement and for about three or four months, I was going to set up a, hang up my own shingle, go back into engineering, consulting. I was in the uh, waste management uh, field, uh, worked all over the world, worked all over the United States, maybe 20 or 30 states. So I got pretty good at doing that and had a pretty good name. But then my dad uh, came down with a stroke. He's per- perfectly healthy. Yeah. And that was about three months later. So I put a stop on that. Uh, and then, um, several months later, my dad passed away. So, uh, I needed to take care of my mom. So about that time, um, uh, I was like, okay, I need to uh, rethink this whole thing. And there was an opportunity to open up a shop here in St. Louis, uh, reopen a shop. And, uh, so, uh, I was, uh, uh, presented with an opportunity to do that. So I was like, boy, I can't really do this. My dad's, you know, uh, not doing well. I don't know if he's going to get better or not. I hope he is. And I've got my mom now and I'm just not sure I can do this. But, um, so I came, uh, I thought about it for a few days and I had a quick time frame in which to make a decision or not. And I was like, you know, absolutely not. I'm not going to do this. I c- there's no way I can do it. So I came to the meeting. I talked into doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so now here I am, I'm doing it. Yeah. So that was about three years ago. And, um, so I was like, okay, I, I need to come up with a new name. I need to come up with uh, all the uh, social media. And, you know, the social media thing is, although you think it on the surface, being in consulting and all that stuff was taken care of by corporate, I was like, wow, this is kind of a big deal. You've got to come up with a name. You've got to make sure nobody else has the name. You've got to find out if the email address is available and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, yeah. I got involved with all that. And although it doesn't seem like it should be a priority, boy, you've got to get all that stuff lined up. So I got all that stuff lined up. And, and so I just launched in there and then the, and then I sat down and talked to a lot of the, uh, the reps that came in and they're a wealth of knowledge and really wanted to learn it. Took some of the things I, I had, uh, done as a, a consultant. Uh, one of my jobs was to go over to Abu Dhabi for two years and I managed the waste management system for the whole Emirate. Um, had like, uh, nine contractors, 4,000 people, $300 million in public contracts, all that stuff. So, you know, I was trying to apply what I'd learned before into the new small business. Some of it applies, some of it doesn't. Uh, But I got hooked in cigars from sitting on the couch with my buddies down in Houston um, with uh, at Sirius Cigar, which was a famous large retailer, number four or five in the country. And and, uh, so then tried to parlay that into talking with the reps and started buying cigars and uh, went out to the PCA show a couple years ago. And kept adding more and more uh, cigar brands here. So we try to have a combination of the uh, of the traditional cigars and some of the newer cigars, the boutique cigars as yeah. well. Yeah, you've got a number of facings here. I mean, you've got a large walk-in humidor, but then additionally, you have the cabinets out on the main show floor and everything. So, like, 
you know, how many facings? Do you think well, probably about 700 or so. And what, yeah. we, what they tell us in today's day and age is not to go too deep and not go too wide. So yeah. not have six, seven, eight different uh, Vitolas for one blend. You know, come in with three or four, you know, uh, Robusto Toro. Today, the Gordo kind yeah. of almost maybe maybe ekes out the Churchill. Back in the day, it might have been the Churchill. So you try to have as much of a variety as you can. I mean, one of the things you got to kind of realize, and I tell the people that uh, my colleagues that work with us here is you got to almost assume when someone walks in that door and asks for a cigar, there's a good chance you're not going to have it because there's tens of thousands of yeah. cigars. So you try to get them, uh, learn a little bit about their flavor profile, and then from that you try to match them with something that you think they're going to like. So what have been some of the, the high points and perhaps some of the low points and things that you've learned just in the you know, period of time? Because you said it was 2016 that you bought the shop. 2017, 2017 is, when I, is when you okay. started getting involved. So I think some of the highlights are I was, I was accustomed to being in a real uh, professional industry, being in uh, engineering consulting, working with all kinds of folks, everything from the bulldozer operator down at the end all the way up to the, the guys on the board of directors as I got into due diligence and stuff like that and bankers and what have you. And I've been very, very impressed with the industry at large, the professionalism, the reps I meet are just outstanding. The uh, cigar manufacturers that I talk to are, uh, are really, really great people. And, and, and whether it be the family businesses or the corporate, so the culture, it really surprised me. I didn't really know what I was going to get myself into uh, in terms of, uh, so there's a tremendous amount of support, a lot of partnering, a lot of shared passion for the industry as well. Also, the regulated business. I was not, um, I was not adverse to a regulated business because I'd been in this solid waste industry, which is highly regulated. Yeah, we're accustomed to uh, opening up a new facility uh, and and not necessarily be wanted or liked by the public when we mm -hmm. open up. But our goal was always to uh, demonstrate that we were going to be a good community citizen and that we were actually going to give back to the community. And so some of that actually is very uh, applicable to this industry where tobacco sometimes can get a kind of a bad stigma associated with it but so you know we try to buy local we try to uh, support whatever ch local charities we can and just be good corporate citizens and be a be an actual uh, 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 something positive that we can do for the local community that we're in yeah and we've got great support from our from uh, from the, from our local uh, area and we're blessed in that regard for sure. So what have been uh, some of the maybe hardships? I don't want to, like, get down in the, like, negative stuff. But, like, you know, everybody learns through both both good times and bad times. So what have been some of the things that you've experienced and kind of come away from? Well, one of the things I noticed is that, that I didn't know. In Houston, we were all real loyal to our particular shop. Okay. You would uh, you would not venture off very much at all from your shop. So if you built up a customer base, you would uh, uh, that that base was pretty much there, and you'd see them almost every day. I traveled a lot, but when I came back, it was the same old guys. I understand from the reps here in St. Louis, people, uh, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but from a shop owner, I didn't really realize this is they travel around to other shops. Yeah. They might be at this shop for a while, then they're at that shop for a while, then they're at that shop for a while. So something really kind of funny, one of our better customers here, I walk in one day and there was two new guys. We're doing some advertising and whatever and trying to bring people to our place here. And 
So these two new guys come in, and I'm always curious, hey, how did you find us? Was it the sign? Was it maybe uh, uh, talking with you on the show? Whatever, whatever. You know, how, how did that happen? You know, that, that you, you factor that into how you're going to run the business. And so two new guys are sitting there, and they've got a cigar and a drink. And one guy, this really good friend of mine, he sits down, and almost immediately I walk in with my mother, as I usually do, at about 7 o'clock, and they're sitting over here on a couple chairs off to the side. And all of a sudden he starts talking to this guy that's a, a great friend of mine. He starts talking about this wonderful shop down in uh, down in South St. Louis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going, wow, isn't that great? These guys have just sat down. Maybe it was our advertising. Maybe it was this. Maybe they heard word of mouth. Maybe because we're doing something right, it's brought them in. And it takes a lot of effort to bring these guys in to come to the door because we're we're uh, we're located in in a in a pretty accessible area, but still you got to want to come here to come here. Yeah, it's not like we're in a mall where people are just walking by and somebody just happens to go in there. So you got to bring them in. So we're bringing them in, and so my buddy who I see about every other day is telling him about this wonderful plate because again in St. Louis everybody everybody jumps around. jumps around. So I'm thinking, gosh, what am I going to do? I don't really want to talk to my friend about this. I don't want to really. So I, I just kind of let it go. So. The Lord was shining on me that day. The <laughs> next day, I walk in with my mom, and these two guys, I guess, enjoyed their time. They come in the next day, and they grab a cigar, and lo and behold, my good friend is sitting right in the chair next to these two guys. Yeah. So here I am. I walk up, and I don't know why I even thought of it, and I come up, and I shake the hand of the two new guys. I said, God, I really appreciate you guys coming here. I was worried you'd never come back after my good friend here told you about all the good places <laughs> to go to around <laughs> St. Louis. <laughs> So then my my buddy Bob over in the corner, he shouts out, who's saying that? Who's saying that? And the guy that was said it, he goes, it was me, you know. So one of the guys kind of called him out on the couch, you know, yelled <laughs> over at him, you know, what are you doing there? Yeah, yeah. So, so that was that was kind of a funny little uh, thing. But so you got to get, you got to get, so I think that's why, you know, last year we brought all the shop owners together over here as we were looking at this one issue that was a potential threat to our businesses. And we all kind of came together and, you know, and, and, you know, leave your weapons at the door and let's all get together and work together. So I, I really strongly believe that there are these central issues that can bring us all together. And the fact that all the, that our customer base is really going around to all the various different shops. I mean, there's really no, no need. It's not even good business to be, to be, uh, to be that hyper competitive against each yeah, other. I think we yeah. all got to really play nice and get along. And that, that's something I really learned as I took over the new business and something I feel really strongly about. Uh, and so that's kind of something that I learned new when I took over the business. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about your business, one of the things that you and I have talked about when I've been in here has been your push to increase the number of affordable budget cigars, Yeah, you know, available to, to consumers and the importance of having that, that product availability to them. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I, I think we're, we, we try to have a, you know, anywhere from a three, three plus dollar stick all the way up to, you know, we actually have the unicorn, which is a hundred dollars. Yeah. We might have 700 facings, but maybe only 30 of those might be more than uh, 15, 16, $20. You know, I think our average stick price is, is somewhere around uh Eight or nine dollars. Yeah. And what I want to do is, I, perfect, perfect for me is I really feel strongly about supporting brick and mortar. I mean, I think that uh, hopefully the local cigar community here understands and can appreciates that you know if there isn't a, isn't support uh, for the local brick and mortars, this stuff just kind of goes away, or it, 
or it gets into decline and it's it's takes a lot of the fun out of it so i think local investment in your area brick and mortar is really really important in paramount because that's how we can do events that's how we can bring in uh various different cigar celebrities that we and the other shops in the in the, in the region do that so so i want to have uh, you know guy comes in maybe sits and has a cigar in the lounge and then i'd also like to tap into like maybe i see somebody three or four times a a week you know and 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 you know they're smoking more than just three or four cigars so i want to tap into some of that some of their cigar purchases outside the shop Mm -hmm. so in order to do that i think we have and i think the brick and mortar um businesses because of our relationships with the reps and the manufacturers i think i sit these guys down on the couch and i really dig down deep and say look you got to give me a good value cigar so I feel really passionate about that. So if you're if you want to come in here and you want to have a nice eight, nine, ten dollar whatever cigar and sit in the lounge and watch a game or whatever, great. But now you're gonna go cut the grass. You need grass cutting cigars, you need fishing cigars. You got your friend that comes over and uh, he doesn't even smoke cigars, but he's gonna take one. Yeah. And it's gonna really upset you when he smokes about an inch or two and it throws it on the grass or yeah. throws it in So you wanna have some of those too. So what I wanna do is I wanna try to tap into that that um uh, that's that outside cigar, the cigar, and maybe rather than going mail order or however they're doing it, maybe you can come in and throw some because those dollars are important. I mean, if somebody just comes in, and spends eight or nine dollars and has a cigar, that's great. Don't get me wrong, people love that. But gosh, if I can get two or three of them, so let's say somebody comes in four or five times a, a week, let's say that's six or seven cigars, but they're smoking a couple a day. Well, there's six or seven or eight different cigars. Uh, more that we can kind of try to tap into this. I try to tap into that with the value bundles, the ones yeah. that are, we got five, six, eight, ten different varieties of different cigars that you can do, even some uh, some Segundas or Seconds that you can get in for the for four or five dollars. And, and uh, you know, maybe it's a maybe it's 50 cents a dollar more than what you can get, you know, uh, on a mail order or something like that. But I guarantee you the cigars that are in the brick and mortar, the guys have curated those cigars They've smoked them themselves. They know they're good. They're taking care of them. They're proper. And I think it's going to be a better smoking experience for those folks. So that's an area. In consulting, we always said you, one of the ways to grow a business is take an existing customer and sell them a different service, or in this case, is a different product. Yeah. So I'm trying to tap into that. What, do you, what are our customers doing when they're outside? Not necessarily at another person's shop sitting in their backyard. I'd like them to be smoking our cigar. I'd like, or, or from another, or from their area brick and mortar, I'd like them to actually realize and understand that uh, it really means a lot. It makes a huge difference to us. And if we can get more volume coming into the business, then we can do more events and we can, we can add uh, more, uh, more benefits, stay open later, whatever, whatever. You're going to see it. Uh, I guarantee you, you're going to see it in your local shop if you, if you invest more of your cigar dollars into that brick and mortar. Yeah, definitely. So, what are you smoking? Well, I, I smoke. Uh, I smoke sometimes uh, just because of the job. I'll smoke uh, a new cigar uh, just 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 so to let people know what I think about it. I'm not one that can actually tell the different notes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I've seen some things online that maybe nine percent of the people Nick can actually detect the 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 coffee, the nutty, the cinnamon. So it's a real. Uh, uh, it's a real skill to be able to do that. My brother can do that. He's he's good at uh, actually detecting the various different notes and doing a write-up. But as far as what I'm smoking, you know, I smoke a lot of the Aladinos. I really like the Aladinos. I just came back 
from down there and the farm uh, for a few days. And uh, it's an original, uh, the authentic Corojo. It's, it was kind of the seed that was used pre-embargo in Cuba, kind of the golden age of cigars. Uh, that's probably the one that I like the most, but I, I, I like so many different ones. It's, it's really, it's kind of three different sets of cigar smokers. The one that smokes the same cigar every single day, same size, same everything. I've never been that person. I really, that's not the lane I'm in. Yeah. Uh, there's the one that, that always wants the new stuff, you know, and they're chasing down the new stuff. And, and I, and I do that because I'm in the shop, but if I wasn't, if I was just still a customer, I would probably uh, not do that as much. Uh, I'm more like six, eight, ten different cigars that I rotate out. It uh, doesn't necessarily matter if it's in the morning. I see, hear some people say they smoke the strongest in the morning, and I think most of us always grew up in the cigar business thinking that you smoke the Connecticut or the lighter stuff in the morning. Yeah. For some people like their, their strongest cigar in the morning. But that Aladino, Aladino Corojo Reserva, uh, I've been smoking some of the Rancho, Rancho Luna lately. Uh, and they've got a value cigar, Tadascan, as well, that I like. But there's so many good ones there. Toro Fuente, the Padrones, the Olivas, uh, and then the uh, the boutiques such as Foundation and Dunbarton and Roma Craft and Fratello. And there's just so many good cigars out there. I guess the point I would say, Nick, is it is the golden age of smoking cigars right yeah. now. It's just, I mean, you hear the 90s during the, the boom, they call it. Sure, ops would get whatever cigars they could. They'd go right out the door. Some of them were not very good at all, the production, but there's so much com- competition right now, so many different cigar makers that you cannot even, you can't get away with making a bad cigar. So almost everything that comes in, I just know, I just know automatically that it's a good cigar. Yeah, yeah. And so, so it really comes down to your palate, what's best for you. And then, and then of course, you've got to factor in pricing. Uh, and that's a big, big deal as well. So that's why we try to have a variety of uh, various different blends, a variety of different manufacturers and, 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 and also a, a variety of costs of price so that people can, can find something. But I th- I'm real convinced that we have pretty much uh, something for everybody here. That's, that's how we're trying to buy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and one of the things that I know j- caught Jeff and I, you know, our eye when we came in and you showed us around the place and everything, you have the cabinets over there with the uh, the top 25 from Cigar Aficionado. And it's not just the current year, it's a couple of years back and everything like that. And I know some of them, you know, either through um, the regionality, be it, you know, you're not going to get the Cubans necessarily, right. but, but um, you know, also through availability, maybe some of these cigars are kind of limited and, and less easily access, uh, accessible but you you try really hard to, to maintain those cabinets for the the people that want to come in maybe after they've read the magazine or something like that and they want to try those out yeah it's real interesting i mean the magazine still still draws a lot of people into cigar shops and uh people come in with the list sometimes even and ask for it and we've got a little bit of a reputation of of, of holding on to the top 25 and we can usually get our hands on about 16 or 17 of them when you uh, when you factor out the Cubans there's usually three or four Cubans in there hadn't been a Cuban number one in a long long time that's true and so I think what they call the cigars the non-Cubans kind of the new world cigars and uh, so for me it's uh, I, 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 I know um, a quick story about that is uh, I saw some real high rankings for the Warp Cigar the, uh, uh, the GR88 which is the Grand Reserve 1988 and it was in late in 2018. So I was like, wow, this is probably going to be ranked uh, very high, maybe the cigar of the year. So I bought like three boxes of it. And I was like, okay, this is a great cigar. 
smoked it. It was fantastic. And lo and behold, the, the 20, uh, uh, December of 2018, January 2019, the Cigar Aficionado uh, rankings come out, and GR88 is not part of it at okay. all. I'm thinking, wow, I thought I knew what I was doing, but I really don't. So I was speculating a little bit, right? Yeah, kind of yeah. like a stock. Thinking, oh, I'll get ahead of it. Then as soon as it becomes Cigar of the Year, two or three, then we'll have the store. We'll, we'll be the store that has it. So I came back and said, well, I really don't know what I'm doing, you know. And so, uh, anyway, it sits there for like a year. I start smoking the thing, you know. So I'm smoking the thing down over the course of the year. Tremendous cigar. Tell some people about it. Not really any interest. Well, lo and behold, in December of 2019, GR88 becomes number three cigar of the year. Okay. Somebody comes in here, a customer of mine comes in and says, hey, which one do you recommend? I said, I recommend this GR88. Of course, I'd been, I said it a year ago, but I stopped telling people about it because nobody seemed to be interested. He went up there, smoked it. He talked about how fantastic it was. Bought one for everybody in the place, I think seven or eight. And the box, the two boxes that I had left because I smoked one of them. Yeah. They vanished. They evaporated within days. <laughs> and so then I called in to try to get a backup, and it took me about two or three months to get the backup back <laughs> in. But... Lo and behold, cigar aficionado, people are like, all of a sudden, it's a great cigar. It was a great cigar when I smoked it the first time. Had some age on it, but still, uh, so yeah, they uh, people will come in just looking for that. And it also a wonderful opportunity to bring new people into the cigar uh, world and Fantastic. culture. Fantastic. Well, Dan, you're, you've been a big supporter of the, of the cigar pulpit, and we really appreciate that and everything. And so, how can folks find out more about Riverman Cigar Company? Well, we're, we're located here at 8984 Watson Road in Crestwood. We have uh, late, late cigar hours. So, we're here till about 10 o'clock or later during the week. And then uh, Saturdays and Sundays, we're here till midnight or a little later. Sundays, 12 to 7. And uh, so, we're open uh, a lot of extended hours because I feel real uh, passionate about having a nice facility like we have here for lounge for people to be able to come in some people are are uh, are late smokers they get they get home i know when 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 uh when i was just a customer i'd have a lot of stuff to do i couldn't really get out of the house after work till about seven or seven thirty so um it would uh, i would roll in at eight o'clock and some shops were just about ready to shut down and i was like oh man this is terrible so i feel pretty passionate about trying to stay late and uh we're on uh, uh facebook Instagram, and our website is uh, rivermancigars.com. Well, Dan, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, you guys do a great job, you and Jeff, on Cigar Pulpit, and uh, it's been a real uh, pleasure listening to you guys uh, grow the, uh, the the podcast and, and, the, uh, and the cigar community here, and I think it's really important to have really uh, passionate and uh, educated uh, cigar podcast guys. So we're really fortunate in St. Louis to have you guys here doing your thing and uh wish you guys nothing but the best i appreciate it thanks dan so i really want to thank dan for taking some time out of his day uh i went up there on a saturday around noon and you know he uh he he took time out of his day to sit down and and talk with me and what i thought was so great is as you know we were prepping to do the uh the interview he had a he had a guy come in he had a, a customer come in and you know he put me on hold and I mean, he went as up well. To, he should, he yeah, went, yeah. Oh no, totally. He went up to this guy and started talking to him, and I thought this guy was a total regular, right? I thought this guy was somebody who'd been in there two times a week, every week since you know Dan bought the place. And turns out Dan never met the guy before in his life. 
He but, just he just treats everybody that comes through the door as if he's like one of his longtime. Oh, regulars. your family, yeah. So Dan is a great guy, and we really want to thank him for his support of the podcast. Absolutely. So, so before we get into our regular segment, ask the boys, why don't we go ahead and uh, do some thoughts on the uh, Gurkha Ghost here? Well, give me your thoughts. It's a cigar. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> um, no, I actually like it. I will say, um, and and not to just sit and crap on it, I am having a little burn issue. I've had to recorrect it twice. I, on the other hand, have not. I have. It's not a razor sharp burn. It is a little jaggedy, but that's because of the 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 shape of the uh, cigar. It kind of tapers at the at the foot, you know. Yep. Um, but for the most part. I mean, dude, I'm I'm burning straight, and I'll say, it's kicking off smoke like oh, nobody's yeah. business. Yeah, so. it's a smokestack. I, I'm a little um, actually pleasantly surprised because it is a very very dark cigar, and I was afraid it was going to be really Just really heavy. Well, kind of like what was what was that tricky tracker thing? <laughs> tricky tracker. Oh my god, that thing kicked my ass. <laughs> and I was afraid it was going yeah, to be another take, one of those. I had to take Jeff to the hospital after that episode. Yeah, I needed like. A, transfusion well, and he didn't realize it but when that cigar came at him with the shiv it actually did kind of catch him on the uh the arm a little bit yep. and he had to go get a couple stitches yep. so yeah it, but it anyway. came at me so no i you know i i will admit as somebody who has kind of made a lot of jokes at gurkha's expense um so far this one is smoking really well it really and is it's not and unpleasant the the flavor of it is it's it's not the pepper bomb that i would have thought it was no so i'm pleasantly surprised at that i will say i've have had a couple of burn issues but i've corrected that and uh, it seems to be going along well right now yeah so so far so good on the gurkha ghost so so time for ask the boys say we'll go ahead and jump into ask the boys questions here jeff oh awesome so that's good good so we'll go ahead and start with a question from thick smoke ryan and he wants to know what is the first cigar that made you sick Ooh, i don't know i I don't know if i've had a cigar make me sick here's the thing i don't know if i've had a cigar that's ever made me sick i've had a cigar that's made me kind of like lightheaded well, and, and I can address that. And that, that sort of thing. Exactly. But, it, you know, that comes down to smoking a kind of maybe heavier cigar on an empty stomach. Yeah. And and I, I had that. I think I've talked about it on the podcast. I was driving back from Peoria, Illinois. Um, I'd been up there to cover a sporting event. And I was smoking a cigar from Indigo Cigar Company over in uh, Charleston, Illinois. They... The owner there hand rolls his own cigars, and I really like his product. And anytime I'm there, I try to go in and support him. And, you know, he's got like a buy five, you know, get a deal kind of thing. And I always try to go in and at least get five sticks when I'm there because I like to support him. And, you know, he's a small business owner. Yeah. And uh, I was coming back from that uh, game up in Peoria, and I had to pull over. Like, I got so lightheaded, yeah. I actually felt like that I wasn't safe on the road. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I'd necessarily say I felt sick. But I was lightheaded enough, and I guess I hadn't eaten enough yet. I was planning on going back to Springfield and eating at uh, Osaka, by the way. If you've never been there, it's a great Asian restaurant in Springfield, Illinois. But I was planning on going back to that, and I literally pulled over, 
for like 20, 25 minutes and righted my ship before I drove anymore because I didn't feel safe. Which the whole thing when you're lightheaded after smoking a cigar or while you're smoking a cigar is you need sugar. Um, you just need to get some sugar in you and that'll help correct it. Sugar in water. Or just sugar. I mean, if you just eat like it's a from candy. Men in Black. Oh, anyway. God. Always with the quotes. Anyway. Um <laughs> So, but in terms of... You know, of there's it, like 10 people out there that laughed their butt off on the But in terms of like a cigar that actually made me like throw up or something... Never had it. I've never had that. The closest I came was that Tricky Draga. That thing about didn't ah, end last week. Nah. Oh, no, no, no. You know me. I, I will won't say I was getting sick, The retro hail did kick your butt. Yeah. Well, yours too. True. Yeah. It, it about took us out of the... I was I was literally tearing up. But yeah, you were tearing up, yeah. which was kind of funny to see. So. Yeah, because the retro hail normally doesn't bother me. That cigar almost killed me. So, SW Frick wants to know, do you have a general rule on how long you sit a cigar in a humidor before you light it? I tend to not really care, and I'm wondering if I'm missing out on something. You know, it's funny, we, we talked a little bit about the whole plume and all that uh, in an earlier episode, did mm-hmm. we not? And But I don't yeah. think that's necessarily what he's asking. I, th- I I don't know if he's asking about, like, um, like if you order a cigar, or maybe if somebody sends you a cigar in the mail, you know, do you do you stick it in the humidor for a little while before you light it up? I or think do you, go you right almost at need it? to, because, you know, I'll give you an example. I bought some cigars on Saturday and brought them home, opened them up, and the first one that I smoked just splintered to hell on me. Now, mind you, that came from a retail store out of a humidor, so that yes. should not have happened. And it wasn't and it wasn't one that we normally talk about on the podcast. Um, I was somewhere else and, and picked this up. Yeah. And, like, I'm going to rest these in my humidor um, with a 72% Bovida pack in the hopes of bringing them back to life. If not, I'm taking them back because I, a, I was shocked. Yeah. Now, I got a, I got a couple of samples from a company... La- last week, maybe a week before, and they came in a in a bag, but they did not have any sort of humidification pack in there. So the first thing I did was I did put them into my humidor because I want them to a make sure they're humidified, but then b you know every area has a different environment. For example, you go out to Las Vegas and the environment there is very dry and arid, whereas you know you come to St. Louis. And there is more humidity depending upon the time of the year. And they need to acclimate. And they need to acclimate. And so it's one of those things where, for me, yeah, I'll probably let a cigar sit for, eh, you know, a couple days to at least a week maybe before I think about smoking something that somebody sent me or something I ordered or something like that. If I'm buying from a retail shop, if their humidor is good, I don't mind just going ahead and smoking the thing. But... Yeah, but if it's if it's, but now mind you, I only say smoking it right away if I'm looking to smoke it right away. I'm not letting it sit like on my kitchen table for four days before I get around to it. You know, I will keep yeah. it in a humidor, you know, during that period of time. But yeah, yep. Well, and like I said, it's, uh, you know, I I was shocked at that. Uh, you know, the cigars that I bought yesterday, simply because I've never had that from that retail establishment before. So yeah. It's uh, you know maybe they had just gotten them in, put them out on the shelf, and, and they have they weren't humidified yet. coming in. I'm not sure, but yeah, it was to the point. I've never taken a cigar back and complained, and I was ready to take these back. So yeah. hopefully, I can save them in my humidor and just pump up the humidity like crazy and fix them. Yeah. 
Well, we are coming into that nice springtime weather where you can just leave them out on the uh, the back deck table and. Oh, what you know, could go wrong? What? <laughs> get, get all the mold spores and. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm not putting that in my humidor. You've done that. I I'm, had that I, happen bringing, to me. I'm bringing doing this that. up as a way to make fun of you because you have done exactly I that. I did do that. You left cigars out on the back deck table. So that the rain could humidify them up. And, and that did not you, go well. And you were like, oh my gosh, you're so humidified. And Too then much you so. got the mold. Yeah. So anyway. Had to do a lot of work on the humidor. This is the kind of experts you guys are looking to for advice here, by the way. Just May so, need to rethink life. Just so you know. So Just saying. So Travis Seibert asks, weather is getting warmer. I'm excited to go out camping again. Do you guys enjoy camping? If so, how rugged do you go? And then he suggests that we should have a cigar meetup camping weekend. It's got broke back cigars all over it, <laughs> just written all over it. Especially the how rugged you go. No, <laughs> so I am through and through 100% a city mouse. Yeah, Camp- Nick is not a camper. Camping to me is when there is just the sheet and not the comforter along with it on the bed. Um, I, uh, you know, if... if I mean, if I go in a hotel room and it's just the tub and no shower, then, I mean, it's a problem. So so I am not one for camping. I, on the other hand, love to camp and did a lot when I was younger. And when you talk about rugged, we would literally uh, just lay around the fire in our sleeping bags. So, Travis, what what I'm telling you is if you and Jeff want to schedule yourself a camping all cigar in. weekend... Go for it. I'm all in. I will catch you guys on come the on flip down. side. Come on down. We'll go out to the farm. We'll do a little fishing. Maybe shoot some skeets and some tannerite. We'll have a good I'm time. I'm fine with shooting tannerite. Yeah. I just, you well, know, no, no, no. You've got to spend the night if eh, you're going to shoot the guns. That's I'm, all there is to it. And that's not going to happen. Sounds like so. a euphemism for something, but it literally it means really, stay the night and shoot the guns. I mean, so. You're the one who broke, broke, broke back. So. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Anyway. Teach their own. So. Sneaky Bones 72 asks... How many different cigars have each of you smoked? I'm closing in on 500 different cigars that I've smoked. I've kept a dossier with a band from each of the different cigars that I've ever smoked. Boy, I wish I'd done that. That's exactly what I was about to say. I'm jealous as hell of the fact that I didn't do that. I am really upset that I don't have any sort of a proper log for the cigars that I've smoked. Now, I do have the Cigar Scanner app on my phone. However, I am notoriously bad about actually using it. Um, for tracking my cigars. So well, I can tell you we've smoked at least, what, 55, 56 this year new cigars. Because mm-hmm. we've got a podcast now to keep track exactly. of them. Exactly. We can at least track that. I, I would say I have probably smoked, I, I bet I've smoked 250 different cigars in my lifetime. Well, you got to figure, I started smoking in July of 2018. It was August of 2019 that we started the podcast. So that's just over a year's worth of smoking. You've done at least 100 different cigars. Oh. At least. At least. I would what, say. What episode are we on right now? This is 57. Okay, so we're in episode 57. So, so I this would, is 57 cigars. I would truthfully say that it's not outside the realm of possibility for me to have had somewhere in the neighborhood of about 200 different cigars by now. Yeah. If not even more. Now, I my, just can't my for the life is, of me tell you exactly. I get into a rut, so I'll smoke. You know, like I've said before, I'll smoke, you know, uh, quorums. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll get quorums, and they're a good driving cigar. I don't mind smoking Swisher Sweets. I have no problem with that. I yeah. don't do it very often. The sweet flavor kind of gets to me now. But, uh, you know, 
I have no problem, you know, just buying a brick house and smoking brick house for a couple of weeks. So I don't know if I'm over the 250, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I've smoked lots of cigars, but once I find something I like, I stick with it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I'd say probably for me, a, a fair estimate would be somewhere around 200. And I would say that I'm incredibly jealous that I didn't think to start a book or some great sort of idea. blog when I first started. Because if I would have, I probably would be amazed to see everything that I've smoked. So yeah, that's an absolutely great idea. I wish I'd done it. I mean, theoretically, we could start now and just, you know go from here well we know we know the last 57 cigars that's true the podcast does help us track that that so. that that is accurate and finally polification has three questions for us okay the first is if you were to pair any kind of one drink with a cigar for the rest of your life be it alcoholic or non-alcoholic what would it be and why coffee i i mean i'm an iced tea guy and yeah, I didn't really pair up with cigars, though. Iced tea's pretty basic. Not, not pretty any kind of liquor. Just kind of goes with whatever. Mr. Whiskey no, Journey? No. Anyway, no, no. I, uh, yeah, no. No liquor. And I'm not a coffee drinker, so as boring as it is, I'd have to say iced tea for me. Now, I will say, um, just to kind of let you guys know how the sausage is made, we initially intended to record on my deck um, down in uh, Waterloo, Illinois. Yes, I don't know Technically what this has my to do with anything. Day, but anyway. Um, no, well, the reason I say that is I had intended on making that coffee that we got in the My Monthly oh, Cigar Box. Okay. And we were going to do a pairing tonight of that coffee with these Gurkha Ghosts. Well, that's news and, to me. Well, yeah, I, I was going to surprise you with it because I knew you wouldn't want to drink it. So I was going <laughs> to just, like, last second. And Addie, God love her, was pinging on all our cylinders and then the wind was blowing really strong, yeah, the and wind we, was we the called an audible and ran up to the top wind. Shooters. Was quite frankly the bigger issue. Your daughter, I mean, she was she found your nerve and was plucking it like a banjo from the minute I walked up. But yep. God um, love her. But yeah, the wind was the thing that just could not be taken care of. My so. favorite thing is she got her uh, recorder out and started playing music. Now, not a not an audio recorder, an actual like flute recorder. Like the little flute that you do in third grade. She kept playing bingo over and over. Just I over thought and Nick, right, right in my ear. I thought, right I thought ear. Nick was going to have a cup apart. So the second question uh, from Polification is, what type of torch do you guys prefer and use? Single jet, dual, tor- triple, quad, etc. What makes that type of torch your go-to? I personally prefer a triple jet to slowly roast my cigars when I light up or need to touch up a spot on the occasional cigar that you might get that starts to burn unevenly. Can I take the lead on this one? Go ahead. I like to smoke uh, with whatever torch Nick has. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Which means he's probably lighting up with a uh, triple jet. Yep. It's a Vertigo. I think that's the Vertigo Cyclone. Now, I have a quad jet that actually quit working on me, and... Bless your dad's heart, he gave me that Zippo. And I, I love using a Zippo lighter because there's something about smelling that fuel in the Zippo lighter that takes me back to my childhood when I sat listening to Cardinal games with my grandfather while he'd smoke Shorts or Sweets. Now, meanwhile, there are a lot of people that won't use a Zippo because of that exact thing. They don't want the smell of that fuel um, impacting the, the taste of the cigar. Yeah, but that fuel reminds me of a warm... Summer evening out on the patio listening to the Cardinal games with Grandpa. There you go. And I so, love it. Well, that's good. I Like I said, I'm triple jet 
for the same reasons that Polification says. I think it it heats the end evenly. I think it gets a good burn going. Um, I do have a single jet at home that is uh, it's designed for high wind situations. So, you know, if it's really, really windy out, maybe I'll break that thing out. But for the most part, I'm pretty much using my triple jet Vertigo Cyclone. So well, there you go. Yeah. I've taken the band off of my cigar, but I'm going to take a photo real quick because I will say the ash on this thing is just great. Hey, you have not ashed yet, have I you? I have not ashed. And finally, the last question. Given the choice, which would you rather pick to smoke your cigars, inside or outside, year-round, and why? Year-round. It's a good question. Um, if I only could do one which I assume is probably the basis of the question. Yeah. If I had to choose inside or outside to go year-round, it's inside all the way. Because as much as I thoroughly enjoy sitting out on my deck and having a cigar and letting the, you know, breeze just kind of slightly go by and, you know, enjoy enjoy nature and the outside temperatures and everything, living in St. Louis... The summers are really, really hot, and the winters are really, really cold, and it just prevents it prevents half the year from being really suitable for sitting outside. So yeah, I and, and again, if you didn't learn anything from me talking about camping, I love my creature comforts, and so a nice temperature-controlled room is a good thing. The other reason why I would probably say inside is because, as we've pointed out before on the show, when you sit outside. Mother Nature takes away half the smoking experience by taking away the actual smoke. The smoke has an aroma. It has some, some flavors to it and everything. And by by the wind taking that away immediately, you kind of lose some of the, uh, the, uh, ex- the cigar experience. Yeah, and I could see where you're coming from there. Because we run into that sometimes when I think a cigar sitting on, like, the back deck and the smoke's blowing away from us. I think we're losing part of that experience, like you said. Definitely. Yeah. So I so you're dashed. agreeing? You're saying inside? Yep, I'm saying inside. Okay. And that's, like you said, the. I will say, though, one of my favorite things to do, and I'll be headed down there uh, here in uh, two months, actually, uh, is to sit on the deck in Florida and just watch the waves lap up against no, the beach. Oh. I, dude, I'll tell you, I agree. Like, if, if you were to ask me right now, what is your number one top cigar memory okay yep 100 percent, no question in my mind whatsoever it was you and me climbing on churchill in kansas city it was last april when i went out to las vegas and i sat out at the davidoff of geneva cigar bar oh yeah along the strip there Mm -hmm. it was a wednesday night it was 70 degrees the the stars were out and i just sat there and i enjoyed my cigars and it was just gorgeous. It was an utterly perfect evening. Would and a, would a close second be us climbing on Churchill in Kansas City? I mean, I'll give you that. As okay, a close second. Okay. So, but no, that that night in Las Vegas was utterly and completely perfect. And it was an outdoor smoking experience, you know. So, I mean, it, they they can. They can be, you can smoke outside and have a great time. Oh, yeah. But I think it all depends on your geographic region. And I think also, like I said, you have to be willing to accept the fact that you're going to lose some of the the 
experience of it just naturally by the wind taking the smoke away. I'll give you that. So, Well, that has been this week's Ask the Boys segment. If you have questions for Jeff and I, make sure you head on over to CigarPulpit.com and use the Contact the Pulpit page to send us questions. And then also, make sure you go to either one of our Instagram pages, either The Cigar Pulpit or Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator, and you can just send us a direct message with a question, and we'll add it to the list, and we'll take care of it uh, the next time we uh, we record a Tuesday episode. I really need to check those and see if I have any messages. You jerk. I don't even know how to do that. How do you see if you got a message? It's like in the top corner I on the no home idea. screen. Oh, my God. I don't know how to Instagram. Well, hopefully um, you folks haven't been sending questions to Jeff because he evidently has absolutely no if idea. If you have, I'll start. How to I'll try to look We'll have up. a whole week's worth of questions um, sitting there just waiting for for Jeff to answer. So, so it's getting loud out here on the deck. It is getting a little loud out here. Yeah. Anyway, so that's Ask the Boys. Well, Jeff, before we get into some uh, more business of the day, what uh, what are you getting on your cigar? I mean, it's a good stick. the The burn issue I had has evened out. I don't really have any. Uh, I don't have anything negative to say about it by any means. No, but yourself. I, I don't have anything negative to say about it either. I will say, flavor wise, it is kind of holding with I, that. I can't say it's changed up at all. It, yeah. uh, that's the thing. It, it's very. It's it's one, not one note, but it is it is consistent so far. I'm about halfway through the cigar, yeah, and it has not changed. Um, I am getting, like I said, some earthy tones, and I, I keep wanting to say maybe a small hint of cocoa, but that could also be me just mentally thinking that based upon the darkness of the Maduro wrapper. You know that yeah, I might maybe. be that I might be looking for something. I still think like a coffee or a or a you know cocoa this, or something this like that. would have been interesting paired with that coffee from my monthly cigars because that that coffee is specifically blended for cigar pairings yeah so that that would have been interesting but we'll do that another day yeah i don't know so i'm well, still getting i will say i'm still getting some kind of cinnamony it, like i know i said persimmons and you're making fun of me for it but some kind of like s- kind of spicy dried fruit flavor I, I'm not getting that's any sort That's of mainly on the retro hail. I haven't done a retro hail since earlier. So oh, I did. I mean. I just did another one. And, yeah, it's it's there's something there. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll I'll take your word for that. Okay. I, you don't want to do another one, I'm do you? I'm not going to do another one, and I don't know what you're talking about. So Okay. I guess now would be as good a time as any to name off our winner for the weekly giveaway this week. Yay! And the uh, prize pack from Martinez. I was going to say, it is still March, which means it is Martinez Madness Month. And so we have some great gift packs from Martinez Cigars. And guys, so if you haven't tried these sticks, you are missing out. Indeed. Yeah. So we are going to go ahead and draw another name for that. And the way you get uh, entered into the drawings is by signing up for our email newsletter. And you do that by going over to cigarpulpit.com to sign up for that free newsletter. I only, I'm doing them like once a month, so it's not like I'm blowing up your inbox or anything like that. And you, I'm going to sell the list when I get the chance. As long as you're signed up for the newsletter, 
Just don't hit unsubscribe. As long as you're signed up for the newsletter, you will be entered into the pool for potential drawing winners. So, Nick didn't even bother to tell you he's not going to let me have the list. I'm not going to let you have the list. Why won't you let me have the list? Because you're going to sell the list. I would and I sell don't the list. I want to do that. So, so this week's winner is Jeremy Corbin. Jeremy Ooh. Corbin, you need to get in touch with me by Monday of next week and just shoot me an email at nick, N-I-C-K, at cigarpulpit.com and you just need to tell me I'm the winner and send me your mailing address and I will make sure we get this little prize pack of Martinez cigars sent out to you as soon as possible. That's awesome. You Seriously, you want these sticks. And as soon If as anybody you, are friends with him, make sure to let him know to reach out to us. And as soon as you get the cigars... All we ask is that you just take a picture and of yourself with the prize and put it up or send it to us one way or the other. Tag us in it, something that we can, we can see it, and we would appreciate is it. Is it the 45 series, or what's in the, uh, what's oh, in the gift it, pack? The, the gift pack is a full um, spread of all of their different cigars. Oh, awesome. So you're getting the ability to try pretty much everything that Martinez makes. So You'll thank us. It's a, it's a great way to try a small but up-and-coming boutique brand no oh, absolutely so anyway so yeah so congratulations to jeremy corbin so nick you mentioned um how people can uh, reach out um during ask the boys and give us questions and you also mentioned about signing up for the newsletter how do people reach out to us on all of our social media platforms we're on uh instagram on as the cigar pulpit and also at naked gator n-e-k-k-i-d gator that's my page and i don't know how to look up anything <laughs> we're also on facebook twitter youtube and obviously you can find us on cigarpulpit.com. absolutely that's awesome and you know, I mentioned the uh, coffee earlier. I'm, I'm giving Nick all the segues here. Oh, <laughs> you jerk. That's, that's supposed to point out the way. Yo, you don't point out all. the segues. Yeah, okay. exactly. But uh, I mentioned the coffee that came in the My Monthly Cigar uh, Pack for March, and there were four really meaty sticks in this thing. The trivia oh, yeah. track, it kicked my this, ass. This month's uh, My Monthly Cigar Box is definitely a... It is not um, for the faint of heart. It is a medium to full-bodied cigar smoker's dream. So the March Cigar Box is definitely one to see if you can get. But My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service where you get a box of cigars sent to you every month at your home. They have a variety of size boxes. We get the Robusto box, which is four cigars for $30. It's our care package. You can also get the Presidente, which is eight cigars for $50. Now, the eight cigars, it's uh, two of each of the ones in the Robusto box. So it's a good one if like, you're smoking with your dad or your buddy or brother or something like that. And, you know, or as Jeff likes to say. Hoard it. Yeah. But if you go on and sign up, use offer code PULPIT, P-U-L-P-I-T. That will get you free shipping on the first box, or it will get you 20% off any of the items in the store because they do have an online store with a lot of cigars and various other things available in it. That's awesome. And we'd be remiss if we didn't point out the MSRP guarantee, which states that the MSRP of all of the cigars in the box is guaranteed to meet or exceed the price of the box. I think the March box totaled out to somewhere around $39 MSRP, but you get it for 30 bucks. So You, you guys know, are going to want to pat down that tricky tracker, though, before you smoke <laughs> it, because that some bitch tried to shank me. Oh, Lord. It came at me. You watched it happen. I did, I did. 
Yeah. The other thing that That's we want to... a foul cigar, man. Other, it came at me. The other thing we want to point out about My Monthly Cigars is they are offering the Alec Bradley Filthy Hooligan just in time for St. Patrick's Day. And we will be smoking we that. We will be smoking on that Patrick's on St. Patrick's Day. And you want to make sure you get yourself some. And if you go on there, they have boxes and five packs available. And if you use that offer code PULPIT... On the five-pack, you'll save 10 bucks. It's a really cool barber pole. You'll be the head of the party. Yeah, it's a good time. So There you go. So, Jeff, what are you getting on the uh, Gurkha Ghost there? You know what? It's a good cigar. I, I want to dog on it so bad because I know we like to pick on Gurkha. I can't say a bad word about it. It's a good cigar. I'll say this. This thing is, as you called it, a smokestack. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it has just been smoking like it's crazy over here. Um I did just burn down to the band, so I did just take off the band. And speaking of the band, I mean, it's got the uh, the Gurkha, uh, you know, the the Warriors on there. The little Cossack guy. Exactly. Yeah. And it's it's really a pretty band. It's like a uh, silver and black. It's a nice, you know, I mean, it's a good-looking stick. I'll say that about Gurkha. They have very good artistic packaging. Yeah. The boxes, the bands, you know, they, they make a pretty presentation yes with their cigars and normally that's the end of it typically but but, I like but i'll stick. say this so far this gurkha ghost is not it's not I've bad been, i've been genuinely impressed I'm, with it i'm not unpleased that we did this um i think we mentioned this on the last show but we've been thinking about circling back on a couple of the sticks that we didn't necessarily give a stellar review to We've never really completely shit on a stick before. No. We've expressed that it's maybe not for us. We've maybe expressed some thoughts about, you know... We maybe may have said a stick was boring. <sighs> yeah, that's true. We did say at least one <laughs> stick was boring um, when it did not seem like it was going to be going oh, into it. Oh, she's sweet but a son. Anyway, right. and, um, you know... I, I would like to do that. I would like to circle back on some, some older cigars. Yeah, let's, let's give a few of them a second chance. And you know what? If they still come out bad, they still come out bad. Mm-hmm. But at least we're doing our due Again, diligence. none of them came out bad. I, wanna, I, I do want to clarify that. I don't think you and I have ever had a cigar that we've said, oh, this is horrible. Not on the podcast. We've had some that we gave up on. Off, off show, we have had some cigars. You've had one just splinter up on you so bad you had to put it down. Just a week ago, within the last week, you had pictures all over social media. That wasn't on the podcast, though. No, that's what I'm saying. No, we've had okay, them. Okay, I was going to say. I'm like, wait a minute, wait no, a minute. Not on the podcast, but we have given up. Yeah, on sticks. okay. Like in our personal smoking. Yes. Yeah. No, I was going to say. I'm like, dude, I don't know if we but have no, ever as a, given as a up team, on a stick on the show. As a team, we have powered through on every one of our cigars. Well, yeah, on the show. On the show. On the show, we have given every cigar as we see it a fair because shake. Because I don't think that's I don't think that's fair of us to give up on a stick mid podcast and just trash it. You know, let's get that's through not, the thing. That's not why we're here. No, I don't want anybody thinking that we're here to just be trolls and you know crap on somebody's hard. We're work also going to call them as we see it. Because again, as we always say. Everybody has different palates. Everybody likes different things. That's why we're smoking this Gurkha right now. Yeah. Because you and I have kind of like made jokes about Gurkha and and, and they had defenders. and whatever and they had some defenders and so we came along and said okay fine we'll find a what is considered to be a good Gurkha and we'll smoke it and you know what here we are right now smoking it and I'll say this I would smoke this again yeah I don't I would know too. I don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to go and track it down. 
But you know, but if but if I saw it and it was there and it was an option presented to me, I would not like immediately dismiss it. Well, and I hate to say this, up to now I have done that in humidors. I did that in Indiana. Um, there were a lot of uh, Gurkhas in the stores in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and I just kind of went past it. I'd give this a look. Yeah, you know, this is not a bad say, cigar. This is not a bad cigar. I would I would at least give this a consideration. So there you go, Gurkha. Yep. In all fairness. Yeah, we, we actually f- like the cigar. <laughs> a broken clock is right twice oh a day. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, that's, that's the bridge too far. <laughs> Couldn't just say it's good, uh, a good stick. It's a good stick. It is a good it's stick. It's a good so. stick. Yep. The, the Gurkha Ghost. I, I have to acquiesce. The it Gurkha is a good Ghost stick. does live up. live up to the hype behind it. Exactly. So, so I'm glad. Well, there you go. Yeah. Anything else for the good of the group there, Miller? Uh, I just want to once again thank Dan Pinder over at Riverman Cigar Company for sponsoring the cut. This was the first episode that we had his sponsorship, and uh, I really want to thank him for for taking time and and effort to uh, reach out and inquire about how he can give us money and and pro- help us have us promote his shop and everything. And so I, I'm I'm honored and flattered and and thankful well, for his and for his. The thing you know, about promoting his shop is. He could not be a nicer guy. Mm-hmm. And when you walk in there, like you said, he treats you like family. I know we went in one night to sit and talk to him. This has been a month or two ago. And everybody that walked in the door, he stopped him, brought him over, introduced him to us. Could, could not have been more, you know, just just a kinder host for us that yeah. night. Yeah. And I just think the world of the guy. Yeah. So we, um, we, we want to thank Dan. For helping support us here. And like I said, we want to ask you guys to definitely go support him. When you go in, mention the pulpit to him. Definitely. Let him know that you're hearing about him on the pulpit because, you know, let's be honest. We're we're all small business guys and we're all in this together. And if you get a chance to take care of a small business, do it. And I'll say this. Go support these lounges. Dan is trying a lot of different uh, marketing avenues. One of the marketing avenues he's trying is us. And... He's a small business owner with a very limited marketing budget. And so it's one of those things where, you know, he, he is, is committing some of his money to us. And I really want to thank him and, and, you know, help him out in the best way possible. The other thing I will point out. We, we couldn't be more honored by that either. Yeah. The other thing I will point out, and I don't know if he's and humbled. Like, I, don't, I don't know if he's like, I, I don't know how much he wants me to promote this or anything like that. But I'll just go ahead and say it. Um, you know, I when I was in there the other day, and when we recorded that interview, I picked up an Aladino for um, an Instagram friend of mine. Who every time I smoke an Aladino, he always sends me a message saying, "Dude, I really want to try one of those, but there's none of them around me." Yep. So I picked him up one, thinking, you know, I'd be nice and send it to him. And I mentioned that to Dan, and Dan told me, "Well, you know, just have him reach out to me. I can do mail order." Oh, well, there so you it's go. one of those things. If you're looking for something and you want to support Dan and Riverman Cigar Company, reach out to Dan. He can, you know, he can take a credit card by phone and, and mail you a cigar. I mean, you know, he's got the ability to do that. So, yep. you know, just uh, just help, you know, help the guy out. He's, well, he's, and he's a good guy, and he's trying to make a go of it. And it's a good family shop. Exactly. So, well, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. Eight of the men. I'm Nick. I'm Gator. So stay smoky, everyone.